Hello, greetings. Welcome back to another episode of Herb of the Week. I'm your host, Kyle. And this week I'm celebrating. Celebrating. I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite plants. It's my sidekick. It's my buddy. It is my... <laughs> it's the it's the emblem for me. And that's I'm celebrating because it's the anniversary of my emergence into the light of the world. It's the anniversary of my breath. I used to say birthday, but you know, birth is a, it's a legal word. When you accept that, then you're accepting the straw man <laughs> identity. And that's not what I'm going to do. The Italians, when they celebrate the return of the sun to the natal position of the chart, when they celebrate your birthday, oh, I can't say that word. <laughs> they say, Tanti auguri. Tanti auguri a te. Happy birthday to you. Tanti auguri a me. To me. <laughs> and I love that word because it's not even green speak. It's the same word as auguri, which is the, um, the diviner, the practice or practitioner that observes like the patterns and the behaviors of where animals go, the paths of animals that they find these signs and they uh, know where the animals are going and they know where the plants are growing. They get this information by sometimes they look in the entrails of the, of the animals. So they're looking at, they're looking at plants too looking at the so anyway i'm i'm claiming algory <laughs> i'm claiming diviner that knows where the plants are that knows the um divine relationship ahead uh from the natural world <laughs> that's what i'm doing from now on and today i am talking about yarrow because i'm going to celebrate this breath i'm going to celebrate the spirit this divine spirit that I was gifted. What a gift. All right. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about, um, I'm going to cover circulation. There's going to be a, a lot of relationship to Aquarius, the astrological sign. We're going to talk about the mythic medicine and the archetype that this plant conjures, like several. We're going to talk about tarot, divination, the I Ching. We're going to talk about digestion, fevers, the pelvic floor, diverticulitis. <laughs> I mean, this is, we're going to talk about flavors, the doctrine of signatures. See, the thing about yarrow is that it's a lot like Aquarius in a lot of ways because it's really difficult to pin down this plant according to foundational actions. Like there's rules, there's rules according to flavor. Like if it tastes this way, then it does this action. And then of course there's exceptions to rules. <laughs> and so it seems that Yarrow seems to be an exception to virtually every rule or classification. These are all arbitrary rules by the way, but there are ways that are our human brains can categorize and make sense of nature having, you know, 
a little bit of order. <laughs> and Yarrow's like, you know what? I'm not going to fit into that box. <laughs> Just not. You're going to have to make it its own box. You know, I'm not even thinking box. I'm thinking more of like parallelogram. No, I'm thinking like dodecahedron. Just a completely different, not even thinking platonic solid. Not even thinking platonic solid. I'm thinking more of like a, you know, three-dimension, four-dimensional yin-yang symbol. So fit me into that. That's what Yarrow says. So let's start, with, let's start by talking about it. The name of the plant, Yarrow. So the botanical name is Achillea. And almost always we're talking about Achillea millifolium. So millifolium, mille, like millipede, 1,000. And folium, leaf. Like so the thousand leaf plant of Achilles. And who's Achilles? Well, Achilles so happened to be the greatest hero that ever lived. <laughs> the greatest warrior ever from Greece. Ever read the Iliad? Um, that's a story featuring Achilles big time. So I think a lot of, I don't know if modern myth comes from, from Homer. I wonder if Homer was a revisionist of history in his day. That was something that I was thinking about. I was I was studying the Iliad this this uh, afternoon, and I was thinking, huh, I wonder if Homer was kind of like making making stuff up that was against what was socially acceptable at the time. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, and so now that there's this other you know version of it, I think it's really cool. Or maybe it, it was even like um, fan fiction for the gods, and it wasn't even supposed to be you know. Um, admired by people at all. It was supposed to be admired by the gods. That's another thing that came to mind. But anyway, in this story, there's the Iliad and the Odyssey. And in the Iliad features a lot of the warrior Achilles. And so Achilles was taught by Chiron, who, and this is where we're like, we're really talking about historical revision here. Chiron was a centaur, which is half man, (laughs) half horse, and he's not like the other centaurs because all the other centaurs are like rowdy and they're animals and they just want to hump. And Chiron was like astute. He had like, he was like a professor. You know, he had a cave, but he had probably like bookshelves in his cave. And he had all kinds of, he was just like a very, um, I just imagine him as like the librarian centaur. And he was uh, basically the one that helped educate a lot of the, the great um, mortals and immortalized mortals, such as Achilles and um, Asclepius and people like that. Asclepius, however you want to say it. And anyway, so one of the stories goes is that Chiron, he's in his cave. And he's got this big old cauldron, and in it is bubbling, blah, 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 a big old brew. And Achilles, who's just a little boy at this time, um, think he was dropped off like it was like a centaur daycare or something like that by his mom something like that and so (laughs) maybe there was a a basket involved and some sort of mosaic story I don't know I'm just imagining like it's kind of like a an apprenticeship daycare type thing and so he's got this big cauldron brewing it's not too hot it's bubbling but it's not too hot and little uh, tiny Achilles is like what's that and he goes this if we get into this, it's going to make you an invincible warrior. Everything that this touches 
an arrow or a spear or a sword will not be able to penetrate. So Achilles is like, I don't know. Um, so he tries to run away, and Chiron grabs him by his ankles. And he dips him in like a, like a chocolate-covered banana. And <laughs> so Achilles comes out, and he's like, wow, okay, cool. Everything that that touches is no longer able to be penetrated by an arrow or a spear or anything like that. But you know what? Chiron was holding on to them by the squiggly little boy by his ankles, and that part didn't touch. And so eventually, when Achilles grows up and he is um, the greatest warrior of all time, he ends up getting struck down by a spear to his ankle from behind. And I'm going to break down the psychological picture of that a little bit further on when I talk about the biofield anatomy of where I find Yarrow in the biofield anatomy. So there's Achilles, uh, great warrior, legendary warrior, best of all time. Give him this plant. Why? Well, what else is its name? It's also called Woundwort, Soldier's Woundwort, Bloodwort, Dog Daisy, Dog Fennel. I've never heard those names before. Mil- Milfoil. I like that one. Um, old Man's Pepper. <laughs> this one is awesome. Bad Man's Plaything. <laughs> Bad Man's Plaything. <laughs> what you playing with and then you like look and you see that there's like a guy just like playing with some yarrow and you like cross the street on the other side you're like i don't want to have anything to do with that guy (laughs) and of course the name yarrow the name yarrow is an anglo-saxon word so in the word yarrow we can also pronounce we can find the word hero yarrow arrow hero h is just like a a placeholder aspirate that you could that you can use in some languages and drop in some others. So you have the word hero there, a person that's admired and idolized, or not idolized, maybe idolized, but at least idealized for their outstanding character, for their achievements, for their noble quality, for their courage. And <laughs> they're not playing around with Yarrow, you know? So if they're just like playing with Yarrow, then they're the bad man. But, <laughs> uh, you know, if they're using the, the yarrow to stop the bleeding and, and serious hemorrhaging in a battle or something like that, and they're leading other men with courage, you know, with their noble quality, with their character, with their, they're staying their sword when they have to. So in the word yarrow is hero. It's there. It's pretty much the same word. In the word hero is arrow. It's also the same word as, as in the Greek word ero for sexual love, as in eros. Um, also in the word yarrow, you have the word ero. And so going back to Chiron, this is really cool because I think, you know, you might picture Chiron as a centaur, but I picture centaurs in the Sagittarian way where they are also archers. And if you know the story of Chiron, you know how he met his end is he was doing his little Greek daycare uh, story hour for, <laughs> for Hercules. And Hercules came along and uh, 
and ended up like accidentally killing him with one of the hydra tipped arrows when some of the other uh, rowdy centaurs were busting in or something like that. So he accidentally shot. It was like friendly fire with a hydra blood tipped arrow. So arrows, yarrow, all of this, I, I see that all connected there, especially with its connection with the hero and the soldier. And just the words that start with why and have that like masculine connotation. I don't like my mind is just going to Y chromosome, which is, of course, you know, those who are going to be out on the battlefield, those who are going to be in the blood sport, the old man pepper and the bad man's plaything. Those are all men. Y chromosomes, Ys and arrows, you know, projectile those types of things that comes to mind with this word it's like it's visually masculine the word yarrow so another name from for yarrow in the western tradition when it comes to like materia medica of of the plant master of blood this is one that i love it's just so it really evokes all the lesson of the yarrow um, as well as all these other names too too but we don't even have to name it i'm just i would just like to bring our consciousness to the signature of the plant first so if you could take a moment to just pause i'll probably i'll include some photos with this lesson on the show notes but look at the look at the leaf of yarrow just for one second the leaf of yarrow and tell me this millifolian, this million, this million or thousand leafed leaf. And it is an unmistakable signature of the circulatory system. There's no doubt about it. It looks exactly like the circulatory system. Oh, it's probably just a coincidence. There's no coincidence. There's no coincidence. This is what how signatures work. Uh, <laughs> our creator said... Look, it's not, I'm tired of making all of these different templates for function and form. We're just going to follow one. This is how nature works. It doesn't lie. We're going to have one, one template for circula- circulation, one template for the color of the blood, and so on and so on. But before I cover the plant's effects on the circulatory system, I really want, which they're so numerous, they're numerous and they'll be really easy to follow if we have a backdrop, a cosmological backdrop of Aquarius and why I put this plant into this station here in Aquarius, why it's particularly applicable as a lesson in, I don't know, 10 to 18 degrees Aquarius in this particular department of the sky. So Aquarius, as we know from all the previous lessons that we've had, in the herb of the week on Aquarius that rules the ankles and the ankles are the angles that hinge us from being parallel to the ground to standing upright in the image of God. The ankles are the angles and they are also the angels. So we are the image of God, the angels in the image of God, the angles that keep us that way, all Aquarius, all that stuff is Aquarius. That's the, Aquarius is the sign of man. 
It's the angel. It's the angel constellation, the sign of man. It's a humanitarian sign. It's the humanitarian sign. It's uh, it's a, as an angel bearing life-giving water from heaven. It's baptizing with water, right? So Aquarius is also John the Baptist, one-to-one. And I'm just going to throw in the word Ankh in there, which is that Egyptian cross. You know, it's the... It looks like the Christian cross, but instead of like the top part, there's a there's a little loop so that you can kind of hold it like a key. So I think that word is interesting. It's just it would be right there um, in our assessment of the word angle and ankle. And um, I think I've heard I also heard earlier today somebody pronounce I pr- I pronounced this word Achillea, but somebody else pronounced it Achillea or something like that Achillea. And I was like, wait, they just said it more like ankles. Ankelea or Achillea. Um, I think they said it wrong, but they were making a point that um, nobody knows how to say. <laughs> they were like, nobody knows how to say it. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure the, the people who speak Latin know how to say it. But anyway, um, it is up for debate. But anyway, uh, so yes, Aquarius is... I like that that cross because there's it's like a flowing energy cross and I'm and I'm working on the subject of circulation here so I'm going to come back to that. Aquarius is fixed air, right? So it's not the cardinal, it's not the first thing, it's not the mutable that's moving into the next element. It is fixed air. It it is immovable. It's not going anywhere. It's one of the four stubborn signs. Aquarius, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio. They make the corners of the sky. They are immovable in their energy, in their element. So people who aren't into astrology, they or or tracking these types of energetic cycles of, you know, what comes first, what comes second, air, earth, fire, water, people who aren't into that type of stuff, see those energetic patterns, they they think Aquarius is a water sign because they see the word aqua and they think, oh, it's water. But they also, they don't see the word air, which is in there. It's aqua air. So water vapor, that's fixed air. Water vapor is fixed air. It's the immovable force of the mind in nature. Air, air element of air is representing the element of the mind, the intellect, the mind as in the intellect, I should say, in nature and the vapor that circulates all energy, right? Everything can move through water. It's a superconductor for all memory, for all experiences. And everything in this realm first is mental anyway, then it's condensed into matter. So in its most fixed mental state, it's water vapor. That is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess invisible is one that I'll just end on. It's, a, it's invisible. So when there's friction in that force, we see lightning, friction between the, crowd, the clouds and so on. So Aquarius is regarded as also as the sign of electricity. So it's electrical sign, electric, electricity in the body 
has a relationship to the biofield. It's the biofield is what we can also call the electrical magnetic field of that of our mind. Um, that that is our body. It is all around us, our mind, just like the water vapor, that immovable force of mind in nature is also all around us connecting all things. It is like a, in one, one way we could say water vapor, I guess would in another more, um, astute way, we could say the, the ether. So I think Aquarius represents all of that. This it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Can't change it. And, um, so electricity also relating to circulation, the pressure differentials between the core of the body and the, the main output of, um, movement from the heart. Notice I'm not saying pump and, um, the electrical difference from one, from the furthest location back towards the center. And that's what Aquarius rules really is the circulation. So the, the sign all the way across it, 180 degrees. That's Leo over there. That's the big heart. That's the one that's, that's that shining, beautiful, electro, electrically charged uh, output transmitter. And Aquarius at the very other end, 180 degrees, is the circulator, the spinner, the centripetal force that's moving everything back in. I think that's the word I'm looking for. And Leo is the centrifugal that's moving everything outwards. I think that's the word I'm looking for. I always get the two confused, which one's centripetal and which one's centrifugal. But you catch my drift. Aquarius is the ruler of the circulation or lack thereof. Okay. And in the previous episodes, we've talked about herbs that have a great relationship with circulation, such as blue vervain and its ability to um, change surface tension of the body have a relationship with circulation. Quercus or oak, which has an ability to tighten and tone our, our body's uh, capacity for this electrical exchange. And that's emblematic in nature as well with the oak tree um, and its attraction to lightning. And then we have the master of blood, the, therefore the master of circulation, we could also say. Uh, another name that's Matthew Wood calls it in his book, uh, Earthwise Herbal, is Master of Fever. So this is where I'm getting Master of Circulation, this uh, connection between the fever and the circulation of the body. I'm going to come back to fever, though. Let's just talk about uh, this exchange between you know, the, the circulation, the exchange between the life force of the blood and the animating faculties of the nerves and the assimilation of this uh, nourishment from the cells. Like that's what Yarrow does. It gets down there. It gets down there on a uh, capillary level. And that is embedded in the form of the Yarrow leaf. It looks exactly like capillaries. Okay. So one of the things that we get from all of its famous names is that it stops bleeding because it's a famous wound wart. And for me, I have several examples of using this plant for first aid in, in pretty uh, dire you know, situations too. So to me, it's extremely important to have some yarrow 
on hand, powdered yarrow. I always powder it and I have some with cayenne too as a bleeding stopper. And I put them together and to me, I mean, I'm talking like seconds. It will take, it's taken uh, in my own (laughs) examples where I've cut myself deeply with knife and I should be um, getting a couple of stitches. The cayenne will help stop the blood. The yarrow will help stop the blood, but the yarrow also has a, a component that the cayenne won't do. The yarrow brings the lips of the wound together and it does that through its astringent action. So yarrow stops bleeding, boom, lickety split. Excellent, excellent job. Um, there's been instances where it stops nosebleeds too. So one time we were hiking up in the mountains of Colorado and it was like July, we were backpacking and it was really dry as you can imagine. And we're up there too at elevation and somebody in our party was getting like a pretty bad nosebleed. And one of the only things that's growing up there (laughs) as far as like the botanicals that I could recognize everywhere was yarrow. So I just took a little bit of yarrow. Here's the trick though. Take a little bit of yarrow, chew it up, masticate it a couple of times. So it's, so it's like allowing its oils and juices to flow. And then you put it up the nose. You gotta leave a portion that you could pull out. Okay, (laughs) this is really important. So you don't want to be the weirdo in the emergency room that day. (laughs) What do we got here? Oh, somebody's got some uh, big glob of yarrow stuck way up in their nose and they can't get it out. Why? Uh, Because their herbalist friend told them to put yarrow up their nose to stop the bleeding. Oh, but they didn't give them a little ripcord escape shoot to pull back down on. No, so now it's stuck up there and you got to be the weirdo. There's always going to be a weirdo in the emergency room every night. So don't let it be you. And as a matter of fact, I feel like I've avoided the emergency room on several occasions just by having yarrow in a place where I can remember where it is and applying it to a wound. There was another time earlier this year, we were hosting an event at my shop and it was gallery night. So there was a public event and there's a bunch of people in, I mean, there's, there's like 30 people or 40 people in the shop, just like hanging out social night. And this lady comes in, she was apparently riding her bike and her bike wheel got caught in between the train tracks or something like that. And she like wiped out and had a horrible wipeout. And she wasn't far from our shop and she's shopped with us before. So she just like came in and she was all shooken up and she was in shock and she was bleeding pretty bad. She's like, I, I didn't know what to do. I thought I'd just come here and I was like, I, I got this. And so, <laughs> and so I like went and grabbed some yarrow off the shelf and like made a poultice and got the bleeding to stop. And, and it was, there's been other times where people just come in bleeding. I don't know why people just come in bleeding to our shop sometimes. And we just fix them up with some yarrow and they're on their way. Um, so many, many times it has stopped bleeding. <laughs> and sometimes it's like, oh yeah, sure. There's another bleeding person coming in. We're not the emergency room. We're just whatever people come in and ask if we can help them bleeding and we, we can. So <laughs> remember, I'm not making any uh, medicinal claims here. This is no medicinal claims. Um, this is not medical advice at all, at all. Um, I'm just telling you about some f- funny stories. Okay. Anyway, um, with nosebleeds too. Okay. The, uh, the, the other thing too about yarrow, and this is where it gets kind of hard to pin down. 
and it's this little it's not i wouldn't say trickster but it's got this that aquarian energy that doesn't really like to be fully comprehended <laughs> it's also excellent at healing stagnant blood and bruises so on one end we say use utilize yarrow to stop bleeding because it's bleeding too much okay got it check that means we are going to stop the bleeding also you got a bruise something that's not healing some uh some menstruation that's not coming on use some yarrow to stimulate that bleeding hmm okay well if we think about it <laughs> based on the constituents and the chemicals and all that stuff blah 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 I'm sure that there's some very boring information that can explain that. Not really into that stuff. I do think it's important, but it's just boring to me. Um, to me, I've, I feel like I can learn a lot more about the plant by observing it, and it's telling me that it's working on the capillaries. It's working on the ancillary channels of the body. So if you have um, a dam and there's a crack in the dam, there's a lot of pressure from the reservoir being put on that crack, and that crack is uh, spitting out a lot of water. You know, it's going out far. Well, if you open up all the little creeks and all the little ancillary channels and everybody turns on their faucet <laughs> and it just starts to take away a little bit of that pressure off of the reservoir, um, that's a, this is the way that Yarrow is working on equalizing the pressure in the body. So it's helping with stopping bleeding by equalizing the pressure in the area. Okay. And it's also stimulating the, the bleeding by on the same particular channels on those capillary channels, it takes away the congestion in those channels. So it allows that energy to get to the area of uh, acute blood stagnation that makes sense. Think about a bruise. Our bodies get into habits where if you just imagine a bruise on your arm or something like that, and our, the body gets into the habit where it's like, oh yeah, I don't really, I was pumping blood so good. Everything was spinning so good. And then we got to this part of the body where there's all this construction going on and I just feel like avoiding it. So I'm just going to go around. Yeah. And all the, all the other blood cells behind it are like, yeah, we're going to just go around too. And so sometimes these construction sites, they just hinder the, the flow. They, they present a roadblock to the natural law of energy follows the path of least resistance. So when we open up that resistance on a capillary level, when working with Yarrow, topically, internally, both, uh, imagining it, <laughs> sitting next to it, all the things, all the ways that we can work with a plant and all the subtle and gross levels that it can uh, impart its you know, influence upon us um, is going to have uh, those channels open back up so that we could bring that attention back to the construction site and allow the, the construction to um, you know, unfold without any delay. So hopefully that makes sense. To me, I don't have a, I have no better way of explaining the circulatory system than simply holding up a leaf of yarrow. It just makes perfect sense to me when I see the leaf of yarrow and I hold it in my hand and I say, aha, there's my main channel, there's my main vein, 
There's all of the other ones that come off of that. There's the fractals that come off of that. There's the fractals that come off of that. And on and on until it's invisible. So to explain how it's working on the capillaries and what it's doing, I feel like we should talk about the the feedback from the plant that we can, not just the signatures and the leaf that resembles the circulatory system and, and the nervous system, but the flavor, the flavor of the plant. So it's wild. It's really wild because the flavor, when you smell yarrow flower, it is so aromatic. It's so strong, aromatic. It's almost peppery. And there's like a, a, a quite of a spice to it. But unlike pepper, which has that warming sensation, it's got a cooling sensation in a way. <laughs> it's really contrary to a lot of the rules. So the flavors, one of the first flavors that you can perceive when you taste it with your, you know, when you're tasting a tea is through the aromatic quality, which is mainly coming from the nose, of course, but the aromatic quality and when you, anything that is aromatic is going to have a diffusive quality. It's going to have a, a, an effect on diffusing tension in the body. It just so happens that the flavonoids and the alkaloids and the aromatic polyphenols and all these boring blah, blah, blahs, those, are <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think they're interesting. Polyphenols are, are cool. Um, but those, especially the polyphenols in Yarrow have an affinity for the blood vessels and not just any blood vessels, but the small ones, the smallest, teeniest, tiniest ones. There's other polyphenols that have all, a lot of those um, components have uh, ways of toning the, the blood vessels. When I say toning, I mean, it takes the tissue that might be in a flaccid and flabby state and it contracts it so that it can help spin um, that, uh, that charge again from the, from the movement of the fluids in the body. So it actually has like a, a, a contracting effect from the aromatic quality on its very, very cellular, like close to cellular level, which is, um, again, contrary to the, to the action of aromatic because aromatics have a relaxing effect overall. But see, overall, by tasting something like like yarrow, which has that aromatic effect, it's going to have a relaxing uh, aspect on the tension overall in the body. So the tension is coming from too much blood um, to the surface, or um, the tension is holding the blood deep within the body. We're going to think about that with yarrow. The, the second primary flavor, and I mean like right away, primary right away flavor, is bitterness and it is smack dab bitter. You might not even expect it, especially if you're holding a cup of yarrow and you're smelling it for a minute and you're like, oh, this, this smells great. Can't wait to drink this. My mouth is getting watery. And as soon as you taste it, it's just like, whoa, I was not expecting how bitter this was. It's very, very, very bitter. And what do we know by now about the flavor of bitters is that the flavor of bitters, they stimulate the digestion. They make your saliva flow. They get all of your digestive juices flowing, starting with the saliva, moving down to the gastric fluid, into the liver. They produce bile. It produces bile. The gallbladder says, hot potato, hook me up with that bile. Pancreatus says, 
the pancreas says, all right, I got some pancreatic fluids going. Um, bile is moving the all of the everything that's in the in large intestine or small intestines down a level, and it's just lubricating everything. Everything is getting nice and juicy, and uh, it's like Tin Man. It's like Tin Man in the in the woods. Somebody just came and put some oil on him, except the, except instead of putting oil on his joints, they just put yar, uh, some tincture of yarrow in his mouth, and he's just like, whoa. I'm hungry. <laughs> I can move and I'm hungry. Everything feels relaxed and like juicy again. Um, so that's what the flavor of bitter does in general. Is it kind of like brings our fluids back into the center of our body. And then the third primary flavor of yarrow, like, I mean, it's just like bam, 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 one, two, three. There's no doubt about it. There's no hunting for these flavors. The third is astringent. And it is quite tightening. Like it makes your mouth, <laughs> how can something make your mouth feel wet from the saliva and dry from being tight at the same time? That's what, that's what Yarrow does. It moistens and it tightens. So this is great because it's going to help us keep and hold our moisture. And also in the aromatic way, it's going to help us relax whatever's holding moisture in a, um, a matrix of su suspension of tension, you know? Um, the, I would say, though, that the flower is primarily more aromatic. The leaf is more astringent. So if I want more of those astringent qualities, I'm going to have, uh, you know, I'm going to make a tea with just the leaf. And if I don't want more of those aromatic qualities, I'm going to go with the flower. I think it's really fun to do a whole plant, you know, making it. And then the root of the plant, which is not something that people work with very often in commerce, but the root has a, a, a real spiciness to it. that's so peppery that it actually numbs your mouth. And that's another, I don't know, utility of the yarrow is that you could chew on the root for a toothache, but that one, that one is, again, it's kind of weird because it's like so spicy that it numbs. Um, and numbing is usually a, um, a feeling or an effect that we would go along with, like the, f the quality of sedation and lack of vitality. But yarrow is like stimulating the vitality to the point where it's just like it's offline. <laughs> There's so much spiciness, so much like oomph going on in this root that it's just like your the receptors of your or receptors you know air quote receptors of your of your mouth can't even handle it whatever is receiving the the information um okay so all of that i think is really important to understand how this plant can be really helpful for our capillaries how this plant can be really helpful for master of fever and that you know it is to me a premier tool for stimulating diaphoresis in the case of a fever we i the an herbalist would like these particular tools we would like a stimulating diaphoretic something that gets the blood moving and really gets that heat moving to the surface okay we want a relaxing diaphoretic something that takes away the tension in the periphery so it allows that uh, movement of the energy from the core from your you know rocket mass heater core all the way out to the edge of the room right what's not what's what's keeping it in there what's keeping it in the core and uh and then herbs that do a little bit of both 
Okay, so the classic diaphoretic formula it has these three components, and it's called gypsy cold and flu tea. So the first ingredient is yarrow because it's a stimulating diaphoretic. The second is elderflower because it's a relaxing diaphoretic. And the third is peppermint because it's a little bit stimulating and a little bit relaxing, diaphoretic. And uh, they taste really good together. And I think that that is like um, just a variation of that should be in everybody's house. It's just a, a fever, a move through fever tea. Now I'm not talking about suppressing the fever. I'm not talking about changing <laughs> the the program of your hypothalamus so that you don't feel hot. I'm talking about ventilating the body so that you feel comfortable getting rid and uh, doing what, what running whatever program your body is intelligently set up. So that's what Yarrow does. It helps with stimulating that response. All the other stimulating diaphoretics are the things that you would categorize as like chai spices. So this is why yarrow is like, again, an exceptional plant because all the other stimulating diaphoretics are like clove, ginger, cinnamon, cayenne, all cayenne. You're not making chai with cayenne, but you get the, you get the picture. Like all of those have a visceral sensation that you can imagine if I'd list them off one by one as being like spicy, 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 yarrow, <laughs> but they all have the same effect. So, okay. Um, we don't have to like, it's, it's okay. We don't have to like, um, figure everything out and put everything in its neat little box. Okay. It's Aquarius season. So Matthew Wood has a quote in his book that says remedies with contradictory, but complementary properties are often of great utility since they are able to normalize opposing conditions. That's a great way of explaining it. So from here, I want to go into, I want to talk about the biofield anatomy. I want to talk about tarot still. Um, and then I'm going to come back to some medicinal applications and just, I won't leave before I can talk about how to, how to work with the aura. So, okay. Um, in the biofield anatomy, the left ankle, remember Aquarius is the ankles. So the left ankle has this feeling of being stuck to stressful situations, being stuck to stressful people, like the old, the old ball and chain, like that is <laughs> left ankle stuff. Remember we were talking about the biofield anatomy and how I, I really like working with blue vervain for the right side of the ankle because that has a lot to do with that perfectionism and procrastination and this idealistic movement forward, being stuck in your progression forward by um, ideal, idealism. And that's why I thought blue vervain is the plant of the idealist. Well, I think that Yarrow has a really great relationship to this left ankle. And that is uh, another way of explaining would be like unsure of what is causing the stress in your life. So let me roll back here to where are we in history? We're, <laughs> we're right at the fall. We got Achilles, the greatest warrior of all time. He's on one knee and he's looking up at his, at his enemy 
and he's thinking, oh my gosh, I'm just about to fall in battle. And he didn't realize it, but boom, right behind him. It, it came out of nowhere. He didn't, he didn't expect the stress to come to his, I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm, this is my spin. This is my Homer revisionism here. <laughs> I'm saying it was his left ankle that got him because that makes sense to me in the biofield. Um, he was unsure about what was causing his stress and it, it's, it stuck him. He was stuck in the, um, so I'm going to work with Yarrow or the archetype of Yarrow for these types of situations that might come up in the biofield. And I'm, and another thing too, about Yarrow is that it's extremely protective of our unseen, the, the unseen, um, I guess like in Turkish culture, they're always talking about the evil eye and they, they got everything about turkeys, about evil eye, evil eye, this evil eye, that it's like, they're always worried about who's looking at them wrong and who's looking at them weird. And I think they're onto something, right? They're, I think that they're onto that there is, um, that we have to, that we have blind spots in our biofield. We have blind spots that might be open from ancestral karma. Who knows? Like, it's really fun to explore these types of topics, especially from a cultural perspective. And I think that's what the Turks do really well. And so Yarrow is really famous for protecting all of our, all of our, the, the backside of our armor that we don't pay attention to. All of a sudden the, uh, the warrior gets back home. He's the knight in shining armor. He takes off his helmet. He takes off his shining armor and he looks at the back of it. And he's like, oh my God, there's a bunch of arrows in here. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea when I got home from work that all the people all day long were throwing shade. They were leaving negative reviews. I just like put my face forward and I just keep going. But these things can be depleting. And um, Yarrow in a spiritual way, will have, it has your back, I, I would like to say. In the tarot, in, there's this uh, tarot deck that I really like called the Herb Crafter's Tarot. And in the Herb Crafter's Tarot, they assign the card for Yarrow as the Ace of Swords or the Ace of Air, it's called in that deck. And that makes a lot of sense to me too, because what we're talking about with air and swords and the mind and everything like that. I'd like to draw your attention to the Rider Weight deck and the, the Fool card, the Zero card. I think that this could also be, we could put, we could find Yarrow in this, hanging out in this card too. And okay, so the, in the Rider Weight Fool card, the Fool is got his left foot planted. That's the one that's leading. And the one that's behind that, as if like it's going to make the next step, is the right foot. So the right foot is the hin is the mobile foot, where the left foot is the stuck foot. Okay. And uh, with the next step, and then also the fool is um, being, <laughs> it almost looks like this story of in the Iliad, this is something that my friend Slick Dissident brought to my attention. In the Iliad, there's this great story where where Achilles is he's really pissed off at Agamemnon and for insulting him for taking away his his 
prize basically for his conquest and he's gonna draw his sword on the king basically that's the really in, in charge of the campaign and athena comes down from i don't know olympus heaven wherever and she like grabs him by the hair and pulls his hair back while he's like moving forward and if you look at the fool card that's what it looks like the fool is like walking and it looks like he just got jolted backwards by his hair and he's about to make a, a, a leap off a cliff or whatever. She's staying his, his action um, from progressing. But she's not staying his wrath. She's just staying the action from progressing. So in any case, I see uh, also in the hat of the fool, there's like this feather. And the feather looks like the... It's red, but it looks like yarrow um, uh, leaf because the yarrow leaf looks like a feather. Okay, so that's there. And then he, the fool is holding in one hand, he's holding a white flower, which is, you know, we could speculate. What is that? Well, it could be a yarrow flower. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, have the same details as a yarrow flower, but it could be a yarrow flower. Yarrow flowers are white. So I see some yarrow in the, in the fool card of the tarot. I see that makes sense to me as like the element of the ace of air. Um, and I really like the idea of <laughs> being, being the fool with Yarrow around me and feeling like, okay, I'm in, I can go on this journey. It's okay. Like we're going to come back. <laughs> we're going to come back to this part. We're going to come back to this spot. So right behind me, above my books hanging is some yarrow above the entrance to my doorways in my house and in my shop is yarrow i put them up there with saint john's wort as this way of protecting that um, blind side that blindsided energy and i feel like it works i've noticed i mean this is something it's a magical thing when i harvest yarrow for this purpose i tell it that's what i'm uh, cutting it for. I'm like, Hey, just so you know, a couple weeks are coming up here. And when you start to bloom and I give it like little instructions, you know, and I sing to it and everything like that. So it knows as it's growing, just like a little baby Achilles knew that like it was going to be a warrior when it grew up, this Yarrow knows that it's going to be, um, the protective, I don't know, amulet above my doorway that makes it so that no, uh, it's like, um, it's like Gandalf. It's like, you shall not pass if you are, you know, of uh, whatever that Balrog energy is <laughs> coming through my door. And it works. I see it work. I see people coming in my door with uh, bad, bad man playthings on their mind. <laughs> and they stop underneath the yarrow and they turn around. So, but it also has an expiration. And I've noticed that too. It works for one year. That's it. So when the year is up, I start getting a flood of, uh, I just, let me just say the blind side is open. Let me just say the blind side's open. I feel like there's a lot of weirdos that come in, people that have, you know, people with bad man playthings in their pockets, in their coat pockets. So yeah, that works really well. There's something else I wanted to talk about. Oh yeah, I Ching. The, um, it looks like the word I space Ching. C-H-I-N-G, 
It's pronounced I Ching. It's the old, the oldest book. One, you know, some sources say the Book of Changes, and it's a source of divination. And it's something that I've been playing with for I don't know, twenty five years. It's really cool. So my friend Chance was doing this other night. He took uh, you take three coins and you throw them six times, and you're trying to construct these hexagrams. And um, the book is laid out based on these hexagrams. And the story goes that King Wynne came up with this approach to divination by looking at the back of a turtle. But then there's also stories where he cast the first Yi Ching by using stalks of yarrow. I think it was, I don't know if it's 65 or 64, because there's 64 hexagrams, so I think you need to have one more. And I did this once. I went and got a bunch of yarrow stalks. I found a, a, a really nice field where they were all relatively straight. And I spent so much work doing it. And um, I made a Yi Ching set for <laughs> uh, a craft fair one time, and I sold it. And so I haven't made it again because it took me like a, a, way too long <laughs> to make it. But uh, so, yeah, you can cast the your divination. So this plant is associated with, and that's from China, okay? So we have association with yarrow for protection in every part of the world, and that's because yarrow grows in every part of the world, which is really cool. The other thing, too, is that, like, the materialist, materialist will say, oh, well, yeah, the native people, they found out that yarrow was a wound wart by trial and error, and, uh, you know, of course— uh, one time they stopped their bleeding and then they told everybody in the tribe. And sure enough, by the end of, you know, a couple centuries, everybody on the island knew. And so the same could be said about every other little pocket of civilization. They all arrived at that um, from the same, uh, you know, inductive reasoning. Oh, yeah. Well, how do how do you explain the inductive reasoning that every single culture has with Yarrow as a protective plant against malevolent spirits. I mean, where's the induction, where's the induction in that? How do you, how does, how does a, a, a materialist just going to make a, an experiment to show that this is something that they just write off and gaslight? Of course they say, you know, well, there's just primitive people. They don't know anything about, um, but, uh, which is to say that I don't think it was inductive reasoning that gave the indigenous people the idea that this was really helpful for stopping blood either. I think that there was other forms of uh, spatial reasoning, maybe not even logical. Okay. Um, here's, a, here's a little interesting one that Yarrow is protective of people who work with sharp things. So if you work with knives or chainsaws or <laughs> things where you can cut yourself pretty deeply. Yarrow is really helpful for that. My One of my teachers, Matthew Wood, talks about being cut by a chainsaw and um, having cuts going down to the bone. And that's the signature of the of the flower. It looks, it's, blown, it's, it's bone white. So cuts to the bone. The color white in nature is really special too. I mean, white is the color of the, the reflection of all of the colors. So when you see something white, it is all colors, okay? Make that clear. When you see white, white things is colors, all colors. Dark things are absence of colors. Um, let's get back to the 
digestion. Oh, here's one more. Here's one more like story that I think is fun. One of my friends is a um, an herbalist, and he told me that one time they're at the Rainbow Gathering, and this is a hippie festival that's in the middle of nowhere. They like try to find the the furthest point from anything that they possibly can every time they have a rainbow gathering. So you're like hundreds of miles back in, back in this time when this story occurred, they were like hundreds of miles from like a cell phone signal and, you know, 50 miles from the nearest road or something like they're like far, far out there. And so when you're at the rainbow festival, there's like nothing you have to get airlifted in and airlifted out if you're in trouble. And that's what happened. Some some uh, friends were trying to get some firewood. They were pulling on trees that were dead, pulling on branches, and um, just like pulled this branch, pulled this branch, and then the branch broke, and the person like flew backwards and landed and like impaled themselves on a beaver spike. Like the beaver had broken down some of these trees, and it turned into like a you know, Dracula spike, basically two feet off the ground. And they, they like went right through that with their leg and it affected their artery and they were bleeding. Like they were going to die. And luckily the people that they were with, that this person was with had a bunch of herbalist friends and they knew that they were around a bunch of yarrow. This is, and they went and got a bunch of yarrow. They chewed it up. They, they put it on and this person was able to get helicopter airlifted out and was able to live even though that they were like bleeding severely. So the Yarrow helped stay that. I think there's probably some tourniquets and stuff on hand, but they may have bled out before they got to the first aid station of the festival. If it wasn't for the Yarrow, this is all hearsay. I'm, I've heard this story. I wasn't there, but I, when I, I would uh, corroborate this with my own Yarrow experience. So I think that's really cool. Um, now let me, let me tell you, yarrow is so good for healing the digestion and congestion of blood from acute inflammation in the body, but in particular in the digestion. So I want to get this in because of course the flavor of simultaneous aromatic and bitter, which is a, a strange combination in nature, stimulating the bile, simultaneously diffusing tension, um, in the body that can trap heat in the center. So center, like, um, heat that's like baked into the center. So I'm going to give you an example of a yarrow tongue. I saw a perfect yarrow tongue two days ago. A person came to see me for um, a consultation and they had, they specifically needed yarrow and they had the perfect yarrow tongue to show me. And I'm going to describe it. It's pointed. It's red with undertones of blue that are suggesting this venous congestion. Okay. Varicose veins would also suggest that like underneath, like on the backside of the knees and in the ankles, Aquarius is famous for its, um, it's that type of congestion, venous congestion from tension. So, but the Yarrow tongue tends to have this like pointedness to it. And it's red with a little bit of blue undertone. The center is dry and the sides are damp. And that suggests that the fluids are like being pushed out from the core and it's unable, like the fluids are either unable to circulate into the core or there's just 
Um, they're just being pushed out. And so the presentation would be cold dampness on the outside, suppressing the heat, which is deep, deep down and, and like baked in. It's like baked in its own um, coldness, basically. And so the tongue will also have a deep crack down the center. And that can be suggestive sometimes of spine and sometimes of like, if it goes a little bit towards the front, it could be suggestive of like heart stuff. But in this particular area of the tongue, all throughout like the, I would say the core of the body where I'm looking at in the mapped tongue, that's where the crack was. And it had complex feathering. It had like this complex crisscrossing patterns which looks like a, a yarrow leaf, like very, very tiny. I'm talking about somebody's tongue and I'm talking about a crack in their tongue, but this complex feathering that was in there. And inside of that, there's like a dark tissue. So when I see this in my mind's eye, when I see that on the tongue, I, I'm seeing, and I hopefully I'm conveying uh, what I'm seeing in my mind's eye to you audibly here, that like I'm seeing a, a person who's got some some heat deep down in their body and they might even be like a pitta type of person but for whatever reason that there's like some tension surrounding that and the the coldness um, just kind of traps it in and it's unable to that heat is unable to stimulate itself out to the periphery so the person um, has a constitution maybe of a, of a hot constitution but they're always cold they're complaining that they're always cold and then they have all kinds of digestive issues based on that heat not being able to move outwards like a, like a furnace. And this is where Yarrow works great. It works really good because again, it's like improving the moisture. It's improving the way that the, the heat moves outwards to the surface. It's improving our body's ability to like hold its uh, tension where it needs to. And its main affinity in the digestion is for the pelvis. It is the, to me, it is the best plant for stagnant pelvic inflammation. And I'm talking colon, I'm talking pelvic pooling from, uh, you know, um, pre or premenstrual or postnatal. I'm talking about um, hemorrhoids. So let me, let me start with colon real quick. Um, now this isn't medical advice because in medical advice, we talk about medical terms and there's a medical term called diverticulitis. And that's a proprietary term according to a business. And this business owns that term. And the, the uh, definition of that term according to that business is that our intestines have these little pockets and there's these little flaps. And sometimes they can get really, really, really deep because they lose their tone. And when they do, they can get things get stuck in them, and that's called diverticulitis. The, their little inflammation or itis of the diverticuli. So, but when somebody's talking to me about that type of stuff, we just talk about energetic patterns. And the energetic pattern that I'm seeing is lack of tone causing acute pelvic inflammation that's expressing itself in the colon as heat and um, a surplus of, uh, you know, blood and bruising in that particular area. When I say bruising, I'm talking about like internal movement of blood. And to me, there is no better plant than 
yarrow. I like to use it with a couple other plants that would help with vulnerary action and a couple other plants that would help with like improving the, the mucosal, but it is specific for this. It's specific for improving the tone, tightening the tone again, um, uh, removing the inflammation, and then also working on the ancillary channels of the um, capillaries, which are really a hotbed around these particular areas of the body. Um, so I found that on my own. And then I was in a class, I was learning with Matt Wood, and he was interviewing Francis Bonaldo. And they were talking about how they've had like something like 40 cases of that. And it's always, it's just like, uh, you know, the best thing. <laughs> I think that they said it's just like, it's one of those things where you just like, it's an alley-oop basically. You, you see that and you work with Yarrow and it's just a slam dunk. And that's my experience too. So uh, I love Yarrow in this particular instance. And um, let's see, any type of pelvic fluid, pooling going on, I'm going to work with Yarrow too. And I'll probably recommend Yarrow if there's been like a lot of any type of ulcerative or colitis or any anything that also is somebody has an ongoing diarrhea because it's going to work on the tone uh, constricting that those tissues back to their shape and form in particular and having the affinity for the pelvic floor um, for stimulating um, or, or regulating menstrual bleeding so as an aminagogue to bring on menstrual uh, you know in the case of there's like there might be like premenstrual cramping too from that pelvic floor atonality, but also for um, too much menstrual blood. Like that's, that's something that would also be really helpful for too. Again, bleeding and like, you know, clotting and unclotting. And then postnatal, we worked with that for uh, my wife too. We made a compress, we made a sits bath, things like that, that are going to stop the bleeding and bring and return those tissues the vaginal tissues back to form along with some other plants like, you know, calendula and plantain and um, things like that. But the, the real showstopper and blood stopper in that formula is yarrow. So for that, now at this point, I'm going to start talking about just like applications. So for postnatal um, type stuff, we made, basically I made a tea with the, with all of these plants in a tea bag that could be um, applied topically with a cloth. And that tea bag was even like, she would sit in the bathtub and just like put the tea bag on like as a compress and then use the tea itself that the, that all of this was boiling in and put that into a sits bath and sit in the water. So sometimes that felt better. Um, and either way, it's gonna like, it's coming in contact with these particular areas. I like drinking Yarrow tea. I think it tastes like I'm, I'm an herbalist, so I'm, I can really appreciate com complex flavors, especially medicinal flavors. A lot of people though might be like, ah, oh, it's a little too bitter. It's a little too like, it's really strong tasting and they're, they're right. So, um, it mixes in well with, like I said, um, other cold and flu quote unquote, cold and flu. Um, let's just say fever, um, moving fever supporting remedies. And you can really can't go wrong with elderflower, one part elderflower, one part peppermint, one part yarrow. Keep that in your, your drawers for when you feel like the first sign of a fever coming on 
and just to get your body flared up so you could like move that fever out in the over the course of a night and then the next day you're like whoo i feel great um instead of trying to suppress that stuff i love keeping um yarrow tincture like yarrow tincture is my go-to for digestive bitters like that is my number one digestive bitters and i just like i all of my digestive bitter formulas have yarrow and then i just add other things around it so all of all every time somebody has any type of digestive complaint they're getting yarrow (laughs) in the in the tincture because it's so great at regulating the movement of energy from the core to the periphery from the parasympathetic to the sympathetic from the from the the capillary level, uh, working on that that neuro uh, capillary network, which is so important on that like like micromanaging the the um, uh, digestive aspect. So I love 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 yarrow as a digestive bitters, and um, what else? Yeah, hanging yarrow around your house, putting it in the shed where you're like sharpening your lawnmower and stuff like that. That's a good idea. Um, and it, and just like, know when you're walking by it, like know where it is. I think this is a great first aid tool in general is just as you're walking around, like spot where plants are and know, know them and just be like, Oh, okay. I just passed some yarrow. Um, it's just like when you're driving and you're like, um, past the mile marker sign. I know that people don't probably do this anymore they're just like always like on their gps or whatever but like if something breaks down and you gotta like call somebody you gotta tell them like i'm at moral mile marker you know uh 333 or whatever and so like paying attention to these types of things as you're on the highway in the same way you're paying attention to these things as you're like in the forest and you could say oh there's some yarrow there's some plantain oh there's some catnip if i get some mosquitoes get bad i'm gonna I'm going to find some there. Okay, there's some willow, those types of things. I put yarrow in my joints joy and my hiker's balm. So it is a topical um, oil that works excellent for bruising and pain and all types of owies, (laughs) healing owies. It is one of the best plants there is for owie healing. I, I think it's extremely important. Like there's other plants like calendula that are going to like close up the owie and there's other plants like plantain that are going to like repair the owie. But having that like network team working on the vital level of opening and closing the the tension of the capillaries and making sure that all the supplies get to the owie so that the, the delay, the healing doesn't delay at all. I think that's extremely important. And that's what Yarrow does. Um, and, hmm. Oh, I made yarrow incense once. That was really cool. I, from that same trip to the mountains, I got some like pine and spruce resin from those mountains and a bunch of like wild mountain sages and some yarrow. And that turned out freaking awesome. And that mountain that we were at was called Milwaukee peak. It's in Colorado and one of the mountain ranges there. I feel like I'm stalling here because I know that <laughs> I'm like, there's something I'm missing. Uh, and there's something I'm forgetting about Yarrow, but oh, well, it'll just have to come to me after the show, which happens every single week. So <laughs> maybe it's for you to figure out. Maybe it's for you to just to learn as you're learning the herb of the week. Um, 
So a little reminder to build your first aid kit since we're talking about it. Get some shears, get some gauze, get some tape, get some, um, get a tourniquet, get some yarrow, get some powdered yarrow and powdered cayenne. And um, when, when I'm taking yarrow, when I'm working with yarrow for a first aid situation, I'm putting it right on the wound. If I don't have gauze, if I have gauze, I'm putting the gauze on the wound and I'm putting the yarrow on top of the gauze so it doesn't get into the wound. I don't have to clean it out later. But in a, like an emergency situation, it's just going right on the wound. And then I'm just going to uh, put some into a, a glass of water and drink it. And it's just going to work externally, internally. And it works, like I said, within seconds. It's, it's fantastic. It's mind-blowing how effective it is. And so it's no wonder to me that the, the greatest hero of all time, Achilles, brought that lesson back to his soldiers and tended to them and, and allowed them to heal themselves. This is the plant of... Um, there was a, a question, there was an interview the other day where I was a part of over on Vibrant and somebody asked, uh, what plant would, he, would you use to heal the world? And it was such a fun p- question because here we are talking about the heel, Achilles heel. And let's just end on that pun. This is the plant to heal the world as in the movement away from stressful situations about uh, healing what's, you know, that the backside of what we're unsure about what is causing our, the stress in our life, protecting us in that, the movement of our circulation in our body. What does that, what does that feel like to you when you think about circulating your energy in your body? Where where does that end for you, the circulation of your energy? Does it end at your fingertips? Does it end beyond your fingertips? Does it end in a particular portion of time? Where Think about that, that circulation. Bring Yara with you in your, in your meditation on that. And I'm sure it'll be a great sidekick there too. So I think we got it. Yeah, Yaro. All right. My hero, my arrow. My yarrow, my Achillea, millifolium, another herb of the week down. We just got five more to go till we're back at the beginning of Aries again. And so, uh, which is, I mean, that's five, I'm just five more to go. That's it. (laughs) There's no more after this. (laughs) It just repeats what I already started. So thanks y'all for joining in. Appreciate your attention. Have a wonderful week. And I will chat with you again. Ciao for now.